This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and I had a nice little walk. Didn't walk the whole way because I was running late, but I walked through some woods, walked through some uh, some areas around the, uh, I guess it's the Wildlife and Fisheries Department's next door, um, whatever that is. Yeah, that's you're right. That's yeah. the wildlife, Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, yeah, and Parks. They, yeah, they got a, they, you know, their parking area is done sort of like a, a state park is gravel pull-off, pull-offs in between trees and a lot of native plants. So, anyway, tomorrow you and I are going to be whooping it up Maybe Along. a few yards apart, but I understand you're going to be one of the the Otux guys in yeah. the St. Patty's Day Parade. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Malcolm, he you know is the co-host of Deep South Dining, and he extended the invitation uh, to come and come and march with them, the Otux Society. And I was looking at some old pictures of what I was actually supposed to wear, and it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think as long as you have some semblance of a tux type. Coat on, yeah. But you can wear pajamas under it if you want. Yeah, to. I saw a lot of shorts, a lot of um, a lot of uh, even some kilts. I won't have a kilt on. But, oh, come uh, on, Java. <laughs> I, oh, this is my first year, you so you don't, you don't think you'd look good in a plaid skirt? Well, I, I have been. I, <laughs> Crystal tells me I have nice legs, so I don't know. <laughs> Give me well, a few hey, years. Give this, me a few years. This would be your chance to get away with it. Just to try it out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, come on, Lola, a little walk on the wild side there. We'll, we'll see, but it's going to be us and uh, and many other people out, out there tomorrow downtown Jackson. My truck's going to be in it, the green truck with the stuff planted in the back. I saw one year, um, even the Kermit the Frog was in there. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah it, all things green. We're gonna paint the city green tomorrow. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have my my green truck with all the stuff planted. In, you know, it's looking good for the for the spring and the summer. We're gonna have a little extra. I'm gonna add an extra bottle tree in the back. Okay, and I'm also putting my MPB logos on both doors. Yeah, the um, the one with the the Felder drawing. Yeah, yeah, I saw, caricature. Yeah, those are nice. Those caricature. are nice. So anyway, folks, if you're going to be in the Jackson area tomorrow, forget when the parade starts. It's like eleven or twelve or something like that. Yeah, they got the, actually festivities all all throughout the morning. I think the the big parade um, is at one. Don't quote me now, but um, then they have they have a parade, a children's parade um, earlier in the day. So a lot of things all throughout the day. I think the main parade starts about noon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, if you, you know my green my green truck is unmistakable. And I'm gonna be <laughs> waving like the queen and all like that. But uh, folks, if you want to come out and see Java, he'll be the big guy in the kilt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna have. I don't know. We still got time. Maybe. It's okay. Never, never say never. It's okay. Well, we're gonna be talking about guarding for the next little while, and I'm gonna reach. I gotta turn. Hang on a second. I gotta reach it. Oh, we gotta turn the screen around. It won't move. Hey, here we go. There we go. Oh. We don't have any calls yet, so I worked okay, <laughs> and I didn't make too many old man man noises. Uh, folks, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. You want to talk about guarding? This would be a great time uh, to kick around some ideas. Lots of folks listening in, and if we don't know stuff, people will chime in with their own experiences or observations. That's the way it works. I got degrees on top of degrees and written all these books and stuff like that, but it doesn't matter when Aunt Mamie calls; she knows it all. Because the past, the past couple of weeks, we've had a couple of those. Well, it works in my garden. That's right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know, I learned a long time ago, no matter what the horticulturist in me says, the gardener knows, and Aunt Mamie did it different. There you go. And it worked. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. I am absolutely okay with that. Hats off to people who can learn. And I'm one of those. Uh, while we're waiting on there's some calls coming in. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, Kevin Farrell's over there playing Wordle or something like that, waiting for somebody <laughs> to give us a call. <laughs> Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. There's some things going on uh, this weekend as a plant swap. Down, I mean, not a plant swap, a plant sale at Crosby Arboretum down at Picayune. It's one of the biggest in the in the the, the South. They've got all native plants, lots of terrific plants for wet areas, sunny areas, dry areas, shady, uh, just all native plants. Crosby Arboretum. Just south of a Picayune bank, the road that w- winds back behind the the Walmart <laughs> takes now, you. 
When you say native plants, because I guess I'm trying to think, because the past couple of weeks you've been talking about how it's not quite time to plant for summer. Yeah. But if you get a native plant, these things you can buy that day, oh, put yeah. it in the ground yeah. that day. Uh, yeah. Basically, we don't want to plant, normally we don't want to plant uh, things that will freeze like uh, tomatoes and peppers and stuff like that until the, until the soil warms up, uh-huh. which is April. I'm planting some this weekend. I already got basil <laughs> in the back of my pickup truck. So, uh, you know, it's just a gamble. You know, we want to wait till the – because the past week it got kind of chilly. And summer plants don't like chilly. And if they get wet and chilly, a lot of times they get root rot. So most of the time we say wait until April when the soil warms up to plant. But native plant trees and shrubs and perennials, they don't care. You know, okay. They're from okay. here. They don't care at all. Matter of fact, the plants I brought in today, uh, you know, I like to bring an edible and a, a native and a – um, and and uh, um, an heirloom plant. This is uh, this with the great big flowers. This is a regular azalea, what we call regular azaleas. But this with airy leaves and uh, the the real small fl- big flowers. But they're they're heirloom. This is the native azalea. It grows all out in the woods. Real fragrant. And a lot of people call it wild honeysuckle. Um, and the uh, the plant the heirloom plant I brought was a little old fashioned white iris, been in full bloom all over the state right now. Little stubby looking iris foliage has got uh, oh I'm gonna say a foot and a half, two foot tall stems with these pure white flowers. This was introduced. This this white iris blooms a month before regular iris. Uh, this one was introduced because the roots could be ground up and used as a herbal fixative. They call it uh, orris root. Nice. And uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's real dependent. It'll grow in a cemetery. It'll grow on uh, uh, tombstones. It grows in under, 100% on the base of the of an oak tree, 100% shade. Real durable, old-fashioned heirloom plant. And even when it doesn't bloom, the foliage looks nice. The old uh, iris albicans are what they call cemetery whites. Ah. That's what they call it, cemetery whites. There's some planted on my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's grave down at Felder's Campground. So uh, anyway, uh, we got some other things uh, coming up next weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking about plant swaps and all like that. But first, let's do what we're here for, and that's to talk with folks about gardening. And we're going to start in Past Christiane with Tucker. Good morning, Tucker. Hey, Felder. How's it going? So far, so good. Not so bad. Good, so, good. I'm on my way to Natchez on the, in my car, but uh, being safe here. Uh, I got I got two questions for you. It's I, I kind of have a foundation bed i brought it out several feet and i got plenty of room and i kind of made a curvy border with some stones and in one of the curves i i, I want to put a confederate rose in one of the curves to kind of yeah. kind of straighten things out and my question is there's a house several blocks from me the people don't live there anymore but they're confederate rose you know i've seen them in big bushes but this one is kind of a tree yeah and i'm wondering how I would go about trimming it over the day, over the years, I guess, to make it, it's like a tree with like a couple branches. It's, it's a, yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. Well, for, for, first of all, this, this plant, is nor, it's, a, a, it's only hardy on the, it's hardy all through the state, but it usually dies down on the ground in central north Mississippi. So you can cut it to the ground every year, every winter if you want to, it sprouts back out. And then you can tip prune the new growth to make it bush out. Instead of getting tall like a tree, so however you want to do it, let it grow like a tree, cut it down, tip prune it, bush however you want to. But prune, it, you know, it blooms in the the late summer and the fall. So as long as you stop pruning by the middle of the summer, it's got time for the new growth to come out and flower. So uh, you know, it's a monster though. Before you put it there, just look at it. It's a monster plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, 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 and it ain't nothing to look at in the winter time. See, so keep that in mind for a foundation plant. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, the second question I got, it's kind of, it, it's in the bed. Well, I, I got some azaleas that I recently planted. I have pretty low windows, so I'm getting some small ones. But uh, I got a little area where I have a Cajun hibiscus, and I would like to plant it near the hibiscus, near the azaleas. And I'm wondering if, are there any soil requirements nah. that they match? Is there anything I need to think about there? Yeah, you know, a lot of the, the thing about matching soils and soil acidity and all like that is seriously overblown by gardeners. Horticulturists, it makes a big difference if you're trying to produce a crop, but most plants really don't care. It's not that, but it's a huge wide range. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I would think about size and shape and texture and season and stuff like that. Okay. Now, while I'm talking about Cajun hibiscus, 
is that a native plant or do they just call it that? Well, I, I don't even know what Cajun hibiscus is by that name. You got another name for it? No, I don't have another name. It's a pretty big, it's kind of a, basically a tree, uh, a few feet tall with real great big green leaves, but, uh. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. That's, that's well, well, while, while you're driving, I will I will look it up and see what I can find on that. But uh, you know, there's so many plants. Folk names are so you know dramatically different. You know what you call Cajun, Cajun hibiscus, somebody else might call Texas hibiscus. So I'm gonna have to just look it up. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Felder. All right, appreciate it. Right. Cajun hibiscus. Hmm. You know, it's one of those hit smackers. As soon as I see it, I said, "Of course, Aunt Amy calls it this." Anyway, let's go over to. Uh, where is that? Nesbitt. Up to Nesbitt. Hey, Al. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Felder. Love the show, but I rarely have a chance to call in because I usually listen on Saturday mornings. Well, welcome. Broadcast. Welcome. <laughs> what you got uh, going on? Well, listen, uh, if, if anybody's priced a fence lately, you know that it costs almost as much as a house itself. Uh, so I'm looking for an alternative to a fence and... I'd rather not go with what we used to call privy hedge. I'd rather go with something like bamboo. Uh, you know, that's two birds with one rock, I guess, because I could cut me off a few cane poles for fishing. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know if North Mississippi is a good place for it or do I need to do anything special. Or is there another uh, recommendation you might have just to put up along uh, property lines? Well, you know, how, how how tall does this have to be? Oh, uh, not so much. I mean, if it has to, it you know, if it gets about fence row high, that's yeah, that's fine. Well, well, you know, there you know, there, there's there, there's quite a few choices for for hedge plants, but basically we're talking hedges. But you want it to be evergreen, and you want it to be something you don't have to prune all the time. You know, and that's one of the problems with the old-fashioned privet edge. Uh, you had to prune it all the time, all the time, because it wants to make a small tree. Um, a couple of things you might want. Is there a particular view you're trying to get rid of, or you just want to feel totally blocked off from the world? I just don't want people to look in my back window while I'm grilling out on the patio. Yeah. Um, well, the re- reason I'm saying it, one of the easiest, if you've got a big enough yard, one of the easiest things to do is back there is put a mixture of things. Instead of just one type of thing, put your little gem magnolia because it's evergreen. You know, put you a wax ligustrum, uh, put some native uh, shrubs. But in other words, just mix stuff up instead of having all one thing. That way, if you don't, you know, may, you may only have to prune one or two of them and let the rest of them be kind of irregular and wild. And closer to your to your your patio, put up what's called a baffle. A baffle is sort of like a, you know, if you were shading your your eyes from the sun, you'd move your hand to just the right spot. Well, you could do that. You could do that with a piece of a fence, sort of like a a billboard. It doesn't go all the way to the ground like a fence, but, you know, you could put a couple of three posts out there and and raise or lower the uh, section of fence to where it blocks out the view without, you know, being a solid wall. Sort of like a, like I say, a, a, a miniature billboard. You know, if you do that closer to your patio, it's just just like moving around to, to like like shading your your eyes from the sun. You can find a place between you between the patio and the other place to put one of these plants and shrubs around it, and it's really not like a fence in the middle of the yard. You could have it three or four feet off the ground, and it would still block the view. I got you. So, you know, think about that. You know, uh, three posts and, you know, some stuff in between it uh, will will block out the whole view. And then plant a mixture of things uh, along your fence row. It really would look a little bit more interesting, and uh, you wouldn't have to to look like you have to prune it all the time. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate it, Felder. Okay, good luck on it. All right, have a good weekend. Thanks. Okay, now, (laughs) my focus again. Corinth, Donna. Good morning, Donna. How are you today? I'm fine, Felder. How are you? So far, so good. It's going to be a nice warm day here in Mississippi. Yes, and I'm looking forward to that. I have a question for you. I was reading, I believe it was Better Homes and Gardens, current magazine, Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, featured an article about poison hemlock plant. Yeah. One that looks so much like Queen Anne's Lake. Right, and the article was really a big warning. Where, wherever this uh, city was, and I, I can't recall it offhand. I'm driving, but they um, 
they said this man was just cleaning up hedges and, and the sides of the road around his property, and the next day he couldn't breathe. Long story short, he almost died um, because he inhaled the um, the particles from that plant. Well, that, that, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that. I think he's blaming it on something else because that's not the way this plant works. This plant has got uh, a, a liquid in, in the, the stem. Of, you have to ingest the liquid. The, the the sap of it. I mean that. Uh, well, that's what I thought. But this article went on to say that the whole city has issued a warning out in their utility bills. To well, they're 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 over, they're overblowing it. They're overblowing. This is one of those kind of things where I mean I see it all the time where something happens and next thing you know everybody is all up in arms about it. You know this is not that big a deal. Uh, the the hemlock is actually an attractive plant. You just don't want to eat it. But see the thing is it looks like Queen Anne's lace and you can eat the root of Queen Anne's lace because it's a wild carrot. But if you try to eat the roots of this stuff, it's got cyanide in it. I mean hemlock, okay, whatever whatever hemlock is. Anyway, you have to eat the you have to eat it, so it's it's not that big a deal. And and by the way, you can tell it from Queen Anne's lace. Queen Anne's lace is generally lower. Uh, it has uh, multiple stems with these kind of flat white flowers. Uh, hemlock is is stemmier. It's got more branches, and the flowers are in more of a ball than a than than a, a, a flat thing. And you typically see it growing in low wet areas. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the oh, better. I, was, uh, I was just concerned about it because it's very, very dire. Well, it, no, it's only dire. Whoever got paid twenty five dollars write that article, they're just paying it out to me. I, I, I'm a professional <laughs> garden writer, and trust me, a lot of us write stuff that we know is correct, but it ain't right. And the truth is, you okay. got to you got to eat this stuff. It's an alarmist article. I see. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. I enjoyed right. talking to you. Okay. Thank you. for. for uh, it's a good heads up, though, and I appreciate that. All righty, folks. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back more of the Gestalt Gardener. Now, did I, was that a little strident there? Er, I, you know, Java, I see stuff written all the time, and as soon as I see it, I say it, no, that's not right. That's not right. But it's based on something that's based on something that's based on something. So uh, anyway, dealing with myths. Don't worry about poison hemlock, folks. If you don't know if it's Queen Anne's lace or not, don't, you shouldn't be eating stuff off the roadside anyway. We're going to take a break, come back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Kevin Farrell's over there watching the phone eagerly to be a greeter. Oh, he just picked one up. Java's the, uh, the O-Tux. That's going to be fun at the parade tomorrow. It's going to be good weather, too. Wear a hat. Wear oh, a hat. yeah, yeah. We'll be back more of the Gestalt Gardener folks right after this. Fix It 101 is a fun podcast with lots of home improvement information. Even if that's not your bag, all of the episodes are archived online. So if the mood strikes you or if the need motivates you, you can search your project. And yes, there is a Fix It 101 podcast for that. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. I've been trying to to, uh, to find out what this Cajun hibiscus is, and it turns out it's just a, a, a new variety of what we call Chinese hibiscus, which will freeze outside in most places. So Cajun is a really brilliantly colored version of the tropical hibiscus. You see a lot on the coast, but you got to keep it in a pot for the north. And a very pretty flower, too. Yes, yeah, it's real pretty. It's real pretty. Uh, we got a cheesy tune coming up in a little while. And yeah, it reminds me of you and me. We're going to be marching to this tune tomorrow. Okay, uh, I lost track of who we were talking to here. We're going to Gulfport and talk with Rusty. Hey, Rusty, good morning. Hey, fellow. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. I've uh, got, got two questions for you. I live in Gulfport a block off the beach, and I've got really, really sandy soil in there and a lot of shade with some oak trees and magnolia in the yard. Uh-huh. What kind of grass can I get to grow in there? Well, if you drive all up and down the coast, including around old home sites where people haven't been taking care of anything, you see a lot of St. Augustine. You know, okay. it's, it's got a pretty good deep root. If you can water it, that's good, but you don't need to water it more than about once a month. 
And usually we get a good rain, you know, that much. So the most commonly grown grass down on the coast is going to be St. Augustine. If you mow it high, if you cut it close, if you like cutting close, you need to go with Bermuda grass, but it requires a lot of mowing and a little fertilizer. So anyway, the lowest maintenance grass, if you can make yourself mow high, is going to be St. Augustine. That's what's all up and down the coast. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. And also in the front yard, I've got two really big oak trees and i'm talking if i stretch my arms around them i might go maybe a third of the way around i don't know if they're water oak or red oak or what they are one of them at the base of it uh the foliage around it is actually baby oak trees and it covers about a 10 or 12 foot square area around the bottom about a foot tall we keep them trimmed down yeah look it looks great really unique looking the other one all I've got is roots on top of the ground, and I want to cover those up, but I don't want to put something that will end up rotting or causing yeah. termites or something like that to kill the tree. So yeah. What, what kind of? Well, you know, for, first of all, those those roots are on top of the ground for one reason: they can't grow deeper. You know, down beneath that sand, believe it or not, is some is some pretty good some 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 good dirt and roots stay on top of the ground because they can't breathe down deep when we have a lot of rains you know the ground stays saturated deeper roots simply rot so they end up with only the real shallow roots as they get further and further from the trunk they get bigger and bigger around and that's what you're seeing you're seeing the shoulders of a bunch of you know stick your arms out wiggle your fingers you're looking at the shoulders and if you cover them up, that can cause problems. But uh, if since you've got such a sandy soil, I wouldn't worry too much about it. However, why not? And by the way, let me back up. I've never heard of somebody using oak tree seedlings as a ground cover. But that sounds sounds kind of it, cool. It's unique. It's yeah. Really unique think think about you know again if you were to go over or, you know older parts of town or, or go over to uh, to Ocean Springs or or you know any place where where trees survive Katrina and look around you can see a lot of really really cool ground covers under these trees including what they call cast iron plant or aspidistra monkey grass uh, uh, Asiatic jasmine you see a lot of really cool ground covers uh, that are tucked in here and there in between the roots and leave the roots as sort of uh, part of the tree you know something to, to celebrate it's a whole lot easier. So if you could just think of, you know, instead of covering them up, just sort of celebrate them and tuck a, a few things in here and there to make them look like you're doing it on purpose. Okay, but don't, don't cover them up and leave them, leave them with No, them you, cover, you cover them up, then what you're going to do, you're going to have a bunch of cover-up stuff out there. you got to cover it up with mulch or something. Why not just put the mulch out to begin with? Okay. Now, one, one, one of the ways you can make it look better if somebody's on you about how it looks is where the grass starts to peter out towards the tree. Now, grass really doesn't grow that well under tree. On the coast, you can get away with it. But uh, what you could do is where the grass starts to peter out, make a distinct edge. You know, maybe uh, use a string trim or something like that and say, here's where the grass is. Sort of like if you have a beard, you're going to trim it uh, where it reaches your neck. Do that yeah, with that's it. what I'm going to do with it is just kind of box it in and, and – and make it, you know, make it look appealing on there. Yeah. Well, if you go to you go to botanic gardens all all over the world, uh, you know, Japan, Europe, any place you go to botanic gardens, a lot of times where the where the tree roots, you know, they actually celebrate it. They keep it clean. They just make a distinct line where the grass stops and where the root and the, uh, the knot grass starts. You know, just make a clean okay. line again, like you're shaving your neck. Okay, I got you. All right. Well, I do appreciate it, and that uh, tells me what I need to do. And I love y'all show. Y'all do y'all do great. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Rusty. Y'all have a great weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be a good weekend. They got a plant sale going down down at Crosby today and tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the Flora Plant Swap, the oldest plant swap in the known universe, is is coming Thursday. It's at the Flora Library. Starts at nine o'clock. I'll be there with my green truck. Uh, it'll be March, Thursday, March thirty first. Flora Library It's just north of between Jackson and Yazoo City. Uh, April the first, you and I, Java, are going to be broadcasting live from the Max and Meridian. I mean, we're going to be there. That's a week from now. Yeah, no, that's a great. That's a. I'll, I see it every time, and I will continue to see it. The Max is a great venue, a great museum. Well, it's more than a museum; it's an experience. It is. It's um, it's, a, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a great, a great place, and we're going to be outside 
covered. We were talking about this earlier yeah. under a covered pavilion. So it's a great, great place to come out and uh, spend your morning. Yeah, we had a good time there last year. A lot of people, I mean, they got t- tables and chairs and stuff yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Plenty and, of places uh, to see. Yep. And we just, are you going to wear your, your, your tux thing? <laughs> Come on, let's get off. Let's, let's let's keep to these phones, man. Yeah, okay, okay. But anyway, uh, the the next day, Saturday, April the second, I want to be doing a, a program at the Max. I'm doing a thing on how to get away with native plants in the landscape. Not thinking of them as native plants, but as great garden plants that offer a lot of benefits: perennials, trees, shrubs, vines. All sorts of stuff. That's going to be uh, April the 2nd at the max. And then also April 2nd, they're having a big plant swale, big plant sale in Mobile. It's at Central Presbyterian Church. I, I try to go to it I every said, year. That's one uh, that you usually that you yeah. usually make. Uh, I mean, I drive all the way to, to, to Mobile because it is such a fun plant swap. You know, bring a plant. They always have plenty extra. Uh, but that's going to be Saturday, April the 2nd. We'll talk more about that next week. Meanwhile, let's go back to, uh, is it Kurt? Neshoba County. Hey, Kurt, good morning. Good morning, Felda. Anytime I call you, I've got to say, hey, grandmother, because she'll be listening tomorrow to the replay. Hey, what do, you, do you call her grandmother? I, I call her grandmother. Grandmother, mamaw. Mamaw. Uh, she'll okay. know, she, will know, she will know who I'm talking about, and she'll be listening tomorrow morning. Shout out to mamaw. Kurt says, hey. Absolutely. <laughs> got a question about squash. I, um, I want to grow a... a Several different varieties of squash, tavoli, mm-hmm. uh, spaghetti squash, butternut squash. The uh, What concern do I need to have about the distance between them um, with cross-pollination, or is there any concern? Well, it's only a concern if you can try to save your seeds. Uh, cross-pollination only affects the seeds. So if you plant a zucchini and a yellow squash side by side, you'll still get zucchini and yellow squash. But if you save the seeds, it's going to be a cross between the two. So it's not a not a problem for what you eat. Okay. Well, I, I actually I do try, want to try to save some seeds. So well, and in, in recommendation. Yeah, one of the things to do, and this this sounds kind of weird, but you know, do you know the difference between male and female flowers on squash? I do. Okay. Well, when you have a female flower that's open and 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 you it hand pollinated it with a male flower that's open, and then as soon as you do that, just put a little bag around it. For the rest of that day, so that the bees can't pollinate those, and then just remember which one those are and save seeds from that one. And that will be my seed squash. Okay, that's yep. great. Yep. You uh, you had mentioned uh, about soil um, matching, and I'm, I'm here in Neshoba County. I'm a pastor. I, I minister and, and live among my precious Choctaw people, and uh, they I've heard from them several times about that the old folks would burn a log. And then they would always plant their squash where they burned the log because it liked the ashes. Yeah, well, you know, wood ashes are alkaline. You know, and if you've got an acidic soil, that would help. You know, that would definitely help. It's not as crucial as you think, and but a, a lot of folks who 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 observe things for centuries notice little subtle things. But um, you know, if you've got a really acidic soil, it's good to add some. Wood ashes or some lime every now and then, but it's not crucial. It was my point. A lot of red clay up here. Yeah, uh, you know, if you if you're going to grow good squash, you need to add a little stuff to you know, a little organic matter. Kind of work it up like a handful of crackers in your bowl of chili, just a little stuff. And it wouldn't hurt to either add a little bit of agricultural lime or some wood ashes if you got them. Okay. That sounds great. All right, appreciate it, and uh, and, and I appreciate you giving a shout out to Mamaw. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thanks. Okay, now let's slide up to Tippa County. Joe, what's going on up north Mississippi? Oh, things are going great up here. We've got a great day today. Yeah. Um, during the summer, I was driving along the road here, and there was a place where there was a house about 50, 60 years ago, but now it's all woods. And I saw a bush that was just a beautiful bush growing there, just inside of the woodland, woodland. And I stopped and looked at it, and I think it's a horse chestnut. Um, and it's a, it's a bush that's about 12 feet wide, and it had these red, bright flowers on it. So yeah. I went back uh, this fall, and I collected the, the uh, seeds. Well, the seeds are uh, seeds, uh, uh, about half the size of a golf ball. Yeah. 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 That, that's not a horse chestnut. That, that is our, our native red, oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, red buckeye. buckeye. It's a buckeye tree. 
Oh, well, this doesn't seem to be growing like a tree. It's more like a shrub. Well, I mean, you know, Buckeyes, are, you know, the kind of Buckeye, Ohio Buckeyes are really, really big. The ones we have here are more like widespreading. They're, they're consider, you know how a dogwood doesn't really look like a tree. Anyway, anyway, I brought I brought those seeds home, and I planted them in pots. And I've got, they sprouted and come up. I put them in the refrigerator during the winter, and then I took them out when they started sprouting this spring. Uh-huh. Pots. And I'm set about setting them, we're about setting them out because they have a long taproot. By the time I got uh, two or three inches of plant, I had a taproot growing out of the bottom of the pot about, yeah. about nearly six inches long. Yeah, yeah. And, well, it, it, so, so what, what's, what's your question? Well, you got to out in the woods. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, if you if you get a chance, I'd like to see a picture of that too, because I'm curious about it. You know, it's 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 not hard to identify plants from from a good picture, but w- whatever. It sounded like it was doing best in the shade, so I'd plant it in the shade. And by the way, the taproot is a one shot thing. The taproot that grows the first year from a seed, that's as big as it gets. It doesn't keep growing deeper and deeper and deeper. So from now on, it's going to be the side roots that are important. But it's better not break it off if I can help it, right? It really is not that big a deal. You know, you know the taproot is something to, to sort of anchor the seed in the seedling, and then the side roots take it over from there. Okay. Okay. And another question. Uh, you talk about uh, ground cover under trees. Uh-huh. I lived in Massachusetts nearly half my life, and up there I had a great big uh, uh, maple tree and uh, had pachycentrum yeah. under it. Yeah, pachycentrum. That, that, well, that stuff really made it real pretty. It does. We have. But I never hear you talk about pachycentrum. Well, because it, it it'll grow up in in your part of the country, up in North Mississippi. But it uh, it it really doesn't like our hot, humid. Uh, the, the further south you go, the the more likely it's going to get diseases. We actually have a native pachycentrum that does quite well. It's not as pretty as the one, that, but pachycentrum is sort of a standard ground cover in colder parts of the country. It sort of peters out down around here. Okay, I know I didn't hadn't heard much about it, but yeah. it, it was about half knee high. I I I see it every now and then, but mostly from Columbus North. Yeah, very good. All right, appreciate it. Send us a picture of that flower. I'm curious about it. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. We got some callers on the line. If y'all hang on, we I got a, only about a minute long cheesy song, and it's really a cheesy song. And I thought about Java because of the parade and, you know, and there's so much weirdness going on in the world right now. I'm thinking, when we all get together, you know, this is a pretty good company we got going here. Pretty good company. So uh, me and Java are going to be in Meridian broadcasting live at the Max a week from today. You are welcome. Come be the audience. We will have a lot of fun. I guarantee it. If you can't make it next Friday, see if you can swing by the St. Paddy's Day Parade tomorrow morning, Saturday, because Java's going to be one of the O-Tux guys up front, and I'm going to be driving my pickup truck with all the stuff growing in the back. We're going to have a big time, folks, because we are in jolly good company. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden on MPB right after this. All good pals and jolly good company Never mind the weather, never mind the rain Now we're all together, whoop she goes again La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee All good pals and jolly good company Never mind the weather, never mind the rain. Now we're all together, whoop, she goes again. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee. All good pals and jolly good company. Here we are again, happy as can be. All good pals and jolly good company. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now. But you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio.
Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushy. And I don't even want to play the rest of this tune out. I want to go ahead and start talking. Can we Can we make this thing shorter so I can talk to Barbara? That's why, that's why I turned it off, man. we got to get to Barbara. Okay. Barbara's been hanging on for so long from Picky. And, and uh, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Barbara, thank you for holding. How are you? Oh, good morning. Great. Getting waiting for my little girl, teenager, to come help me in the garden. So I'm glad I'm talking to you before she arrives. Um, I have some azaleas that have, the branches have rooted into the ground. Mm-hmm. I want to know when I can cut those off and move them. Well, you can move them pretty much any time, but you need to cut those back to just a few inches long. Because basically, you know, it's even though they got roots in the ground, they're still getting a lot of nourishment from the tree through the branch. And if you just dig it up and move it, it's going to have more top then it's going to have roots. So you can move them this weekend if, if she can help you dig a nice hole for it. But cut them back to you know uh, three or four, five, six inches, a foot long, whatever. Just cut them way back, and you know they'll put out new growth. Yeah, okay. So I sever it from the mother plant and, and then Just dig it up. It. That's right. It'd be, okay, it'd be and easy. then it, it, you know, the top of it. Yeah, well, go ahead and cut it back first and make it easier to dig. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I've got a lot of white azaleas that have done that, and I want to move them. So thanks very much. That was my question. Have that a was it. Okay, well, you need to wear a hat. It's going to be kind of, uh, and the mosquitoes might be out after all the rain we had this past week, so be careful. Oh, they don't bother me, fortunately. <laughs> well, good luck on it, Barbara. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Is Robbie next? Robbie from, I can't see, somewhere in Peru. Peru could be Mississippi. Good morning. Howdy. Can you hear me? I can. Are you calling from Peru, Peru, or Peru, Mississippi? Or Peru, Vermont, for that matter? Cusco, Peru, South America. Okay. Well, we got got a good connection. What's up? I just shy of a year and a half ago, I moved to Cusco, and I went back last November to visit and buy things that I can't get here. And from my old house, I brought back a seedling of a lace-leaf maple and two red buds. Mm-hmm. They're still green. I've scratched the bark. They're still green, but they haven't leafed out. But we have opposite seasons. Right. And basically, we have two seasons Dry and wet. Right. Are you are you are you up the high elevation there? Yeah. Well, you know, about all you can do is plant it. I mean, you know, just plant them and see. You know, because you know they they've already they were dormant when you got them, so they may not right. they may not know that it's about to go into winter where you are. So I, 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 you know, I don't know what to say. It's a, it's a good question. Uh, when I was in South America uh, a couple of times, and I was close to the equator, and plants are real confused. You know, they'll have new growth and fall color and fruits and all at the same time. But, you know, it's going into winter where you are. But uh, really all you can do is plant. Think about keeping them in containers and, uh, and in, a, in a kind of a sunny window indoors if you can. They're in a bonsai pot, and that's what I'd hope to do is bonsai them. Yeah. Well, you know, if if they leaf out, they're going to be real bad confused. And so if you can, can, can have them where they get some sunshine, maybe they'll think that they're outside and they'll settle down. Well, we're in summer right now going into winter. I know. That's what I'm saying. They're, but your plants are in winter going into summer. So we got to help them out here. So I would keep well, it. Will they eventually acclimate themselves? Yes, to the new yes, season? yes, yes, they will. Okay. Yes, they will. That was my major question. Yeah. All right, good, okay. good, good question, Robbie. Appreciate you, man. You can stay warm this winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know well, that, the days are warmer because it's all bright sunshine. It gets up to about 80. Yeah, but, it, but in the Andes, it cools down at night. Oh, yeah. So that's you can yeah. get down to freezing with no problem. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck on it, man. Let us know how it does. Thank you for advice. All righty. Okay, Java, we just got a call from somebody about to go into wintertime in Peru. 
wanting to grow some native plants and thinking, what the heck? What's up here? That is funny that you say his the plant. He's going from summer to winter. Yeah, but these but plants, the plants are going from winter to summer. Yeah. So it's just like it's going to be double winter for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so he wants a bonsai on top of that. Cut them back and look. Huh. Good luck. Who who we got next year? Uh, let's bring it back home. Let's talk to John at Madison. Okay. Hey, John. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm good. Uh, I'm probably going to plant my tomato. I mean, uh, my corn uh, in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some onion sets. Uh, but I'm holding off, of course, on the tomatoes and whatnot. I went ahead and bought them because I was afraid uh, everything's going to be picked over by the time. Yeah. Good uh, call. Good call. Yeah. Okay, well, now I've got them sitting in a windowsill, and they're starting to, you know, they'll lean towards no, the No, no, no. They they want to be outside. I got some the other day, and I put them outside. You water them in the morning, and, I mean, they, they like, they need real sunshine. They need to get acclimated. But also, they need, you know, cool temperatures actually keeps them sturdy and stocky. It, That's you know. exactly what my question was going to be. They're getting leggy on me. And, no. Uh, they got they got down into the 30s last night, so I brought them in. So you're saying don't do that. No, you know, the, the 30s, you know, if it, upper 30s is not that big a deal. Below 45, plants stop growing, but they don't die. They don't freeze until it gets frost. And uh, I, I left mine out, you know. Cool cool temperatures keep them sturdy and stocky, but they need a real sunshine to keep them sturdy, or else they're going to they're gonna have a hard time later when you put them out in the ground. By the way, uh, it's okay to plant corn in cool soil. Yeah, I, I planted it early for yeah. Doesn't you know, go well with it. But yeah, no pepper, peppers too. Everything can just go outside and stay as long as it stays. Yeah, uh, you know, to, to me, is is odd bringing them in. I would only bring summer plants in if it's going to actually get a frost. But I mean, leave them out. Mine are just out on the porch. Okay, well that's a great help because they are just starting to get leggy, and yeah. I just want them. Uh, and then another quick question. Have you seen any strawberries at the farmer's market yet? No, I was at the farmer's market in Jackson last week, and uh, I don't I don't, I don't, don't remember if there are some strawberries or not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going there early in the morning trying to get some ginger if I can. But I just don't remember if there's any strawberries there. I just don't remember. Okay. okay. Well, thanks. Okay. okay. Appreciate it. Okay. Now, let's go to Carrollton. Donna, Donna, are you in Carrollton or are you in North Carrollton? Hey, Felder, I'm in Carrollton. I just spoke about our cup flower program there, and they said you were the last speaker, and I went, wow, that's a hard act to follow. That's all right. Cut flowers, you just cut flowers. You know, matter of fact, I just uh, cut one of my fences in the front yard down a little bit lower, and all of a sudden you can see the top of my horse trough garden and it you know the plants in it didn't look that good so i'm sticking spray painting some crepe myrtle branches sticking them in there make it look like a big old flower arrangement so well there you go so what so what's up well what is your favorite cup flower felder zinnias zinnias plain old state fair big old tall old-fashioned state fair single zinnias throw them on the ground wet them down one time on top of the dirt and you got some of the best cut flowers you could possibly use that is so true and you know zinnias are kind of making a big comeback in the florist industry so uh and and they're great at market so i'm glad to hear you say that but you know and 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 donna you know there's is it one or two folks at the farmer's market in jackson uh women who sell cut flower bouquets you know there's just so many so many flowers but you know you can't go wrong starting with with zinnias boring old zinnias they're great yeah, um, yeah, Felder. The cup flower farmers are increasing in Mississippi substantially. It's a it's a really good agriculture opportunity for people who garden in small spaces. Yeah, and by the way, uh, your boy has got some. Uh, what was it? He's oh, jujubes. He's growing jujubes now. He is. He's draw- growing all sort of uh, fruit that's great for Mississippi. Um, so that's kind of refreshing. He's doing a great. And he does the uh, grafting and everything on lots of different varieties. Yeah, that do exceptionally well in Mississippi. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was doing up in North Carrollton last week. I went up and met with uh, Larry Stephenson, who grafts heirloom fruits, and he and he showed me how he grafts them, and let me graft a crab apple that I stole from a church in Jackson. 
you know, I forgot Larry was there. I was there last night speaking to the group that you spoke to pre-COVID. Yep. Um, that's been a while. All right. Well, listen, let's get together. Let's come up with a list of good cut flowers. You know, I like larkspur. You know, I got I, I love the grasses. I like to put sticks and stuff in arrangements. You know, it ain't just flowers. But, you know, if I had to have a favorite cut daffodils, got a big old vase full of daffodils right now. But um, zinnias, for somebody just getting started out, can't go wrong with zinnias. It's a, it's a great plant, and you can succession plant that one really well. Yeah. Well, so. But thank you, Felder. All right. Good to hear from you. See you later. Take, take care. Okay, that was Donna Yout. Donna and I took the first ever horticulture classes either one of us ever in at Mississippi State in 19... I'm not going to say. So 1970 your classmate. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, let's go over to, down to Macomb now. Hey, Bill, thank you for holding. What's up? Bill, he forgot he called. Oh, no, I'm here. Hey, what's going on? Let me get me a bottle of water. Uh, well, I, I've been wanting some good type of worm trees for a And uh, I saw one in the park, bro, and it's a huge one. And it had lots of beans hanging on it full of seeds. And I waited until they turned real dark, you know. And I put four of them, and they looked like a big green bean, you know, it was dried up. Yeah. Right. It's long. Have I got the right seed? It sounds like it. Yeah, so, I mean, it could be, but, you know, catalpas are so easy just to grow from sticks stuck in the ground. Well, I never tried that, but I've got all these seeds, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're catalpa worm trees, and I I know them in it. One of the things about catalpas is uh, a lot of times, you know, the seeds, it's a long-term project. If you're going to grow them for seed, it takes a long time, you know, and, and they're awful pretty. But the problem is a lot of times they they need to they need to be exposed to some cold temperatures before they sprout really well. Don't need to, you know, don't, you know, you don't have to, but it really helps a lot. But if, you, you know, you've got the seeds, it does really well. Uh, if you'll go ahead and sow them sometime when it gets warm, they should come right on up. But sometimes you need to put them in the refrigerator for a few weeks before they'll sprout. It's a cold stratification thing is what the, what nature calls it. Okay. All right. Well, these, these missed that because they would have been in the ground with this cold we've been having. I mean, you, you got a bunch of seeds? Uh-huh. I've got about four plants, and they probably got 20 seeds in each one. I mean, babies. Yeah. Well, you know, put some in the refrigerator for, for a month, a month and a half or so, and, you know, sow some now and then sow, the, sow those later, see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. And, and can I prune these things so they don't get huge, where you can't pick the worms off the trees? Well, uh, yeah, you can. That's what catalpa worm growers do. They they treat them like uh, you know like fig trees. You know, they 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 top them, and then they cut the branches off. And the more you cut it, the more the more compact they get. But the more leaves you got, the more worms you can have. And the worms just come up out of the ground to attract it. Yeah, well, here's the deal: the catalpa moth, the big moth, lays the eggs on the catalpa trees hatch out in the catalpa worms they drop to the ground as cocoons or uh yeah the cocoons and then the next spring the catalpa moths come out of the cocoon okay and then they lay more eggs see so you know you need to start with the worms on the tree and then they turn into cocoons that drop on the ground okay uh i had another question i just forgot it doggone it uh uh, oh, the moth. Do, do you know what that moth looks like? Because I had a big moth out I, I do, but I can't remember. I want to say it's a big brown moth. I want to say it's kind of pretty, but I just can't remember. It's I been a long time. It was green. Yeah. I mean, he was three inches across. He had a long tail on, it, on, his, on his wings, on his lower wings. Was it a kind, of a kind of a lime green color? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a luna moth. Okay, that wasn't it then. But the dog's got the wings on it. And I put him <laughs> in. He never did by, but he... He, uh, he was, I was coming growing. Uh, well, one of the one of the things you're going to need to do with the, with the catalpa is is you need to uh, make sure you keep fire ants control because fire ants will eat catalpa uh, worms when they first come out. But uh, okay. the catalpa moth it's a it's a it's a sphinx moth. You know the tomato hornworm. Yeah, yeah. It's get it's 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 in the same family. It's got the same kind of big kind of a. Uh, kind of a dirty brown moth. It doesn't hold. It, it folds its wings back, so it's sort of triangular shape. But it's a type of sphinx moth. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate all that. I'm oh. gonna get my started this year. I hope. All right. If you know where some, also try cutting, rooting some from some stems. Sometimes it's a lot faster. 
okay, well, I don't know if a guy let me cut on his tree or not. Huh? Yeah, sure he will. Tell him you're, help, you're trying to help him out. <laughs> okay, we got a scoop, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we got time to talk to Fletch real quick. He's in Flowood. Hey, Fletch, what's going on? Good morning. I've heard you talk about what to do and not to do to centipede this time of year. Uh-huh. Um, doesn't sound like I'm going to use a weed and feed, and I won't use a feed until uh, maybe April. Yeah, that's, um, that's next week, about, though. Okay, I, I've got um, I've got a little centipede poking through a lot of uh, weeds. Yeah. Um, would you suggest, I think you should get to spotting them prior to? No, no, what I would do... Later? Most of the weeds are out there right now. Have been growing all winter. They're starting to bloom now, and get big. And as soon as it gets hot, they're going to disappear. So, uh, and what when the when the centipede starts to green up, it's sensitive to weed killers that normally can take. So, it's too late to put any weed killer. Make a note to spray for weeds next January or February when the weeds are small. What I would do is okay. just just mow, just mow. Set your mower up, and mow it. The centipede will come on up and do fine. The weeds will start burning out when it gets hot. And I use this stuff called centipede food. That's the best fertilizer for centipede. I'm not selling stuff, and I don't care what brand it is. That's the best fertilized centipede once a year in April. And just raise your mower up, and it'll do fine. Got it. Had you had any experience with Roundup for Lawns versus Image? Uh, yes, and I, re- and I I do not comment on that. I'm I'm really honked off that the Roundup people took a, a, a weed killer that everybody knows about it, and they start put using it as a branding thing for other products, and it can get yep. real confusing. So I'm not going to get into that. I'm really honked no off at it. I appreciate it. Okay, pr- thank you for your call, man. Yeah, it's like uh, toothpaste coming out, and then all of a sudden selling king cake as toothpaste. You know, they, they turn it to a brand instead of a specific product. You know, uh, that's kind of funny. That's, yeah, that's it's really confusing. But anyway, I hate to end on a negative note like that, but it's a great weekend. And if you want to plant your tomatoes and peppers a little early, I don't think we can get any more cold weather. I don't know. I'm a gambler, though. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's kind of a toss-up. Yep. Uh, you never know. But if you get a chance, the farmer's markets are all cranked up. Take a kid there and uh, let them meet some people or grow stuff for a living. Take them to a garden center get a big old pot and fill it up with all sorts of stuff. If you get a chance to come down to the St. Patty's Day Parade, me and Java are going to be there. Java's going to have the, 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 one of the O-Tucks. It's going to be one of the tucks, and I'll be in my green truck. And we're going to broadcast live from Meridian at the MAC next week. Come out and join us, folks. We love to get a chance to get out and help other people get dirty. Won't you join us? 